The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk. My name is Carrie Charles and I am your host today. And I'm excited to have with me one of my special friends, Scott Willis. He is the CEO of DartPoint. And we have known each other for how long, Scott? It's been ever since I've been in the industry, right? 2016, 2017. Gosh, gosh, yes. I think you were one of the first people I met. (laughs) That's right. That's been a fun journey. So wonderful. Well, tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to the seat that you're in today? And I know that you just have such a rich history and so much experience. So let's hear all about it. Yeah, no. So listen, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm always excited about the opportunity to talk about dark points and share. You were asking me about the journey, the journey we're on, which is really what we are, but we'll go into that a little bit later. So probably when you asked me that question, we probably got to kind of go back to kind of my early days, right? When I came out of school, because I think that really, it probably describes a little bit about who I am and, and how I approach. I mean, first and foremost, I've been so blessed to be part of such a great industry. I mean, this industry has been wonderful for me professionally, both uh, in what I wanted to achieve, as well as just an overall just satisfaction and contribution. As you think about all the things technology does from impact on society and impact on our lives, right? Just the quality of improving everyday lives, regardless of what background or community you're in. And we got a lot more work to do in that to make that available for everybody. So definitely blessed. But I came out of school and I got with my counselor. I wasn't one of these individuals that was driven out of school. I knew what did I want to do? I was an undergraduate. I was coming out with a finance degree. I knew what was important to me, right? Some of the things I've mentioned, I wanted to be in an industry that would be explosive for my entire working career. I wanted to be in an industry that was able to work with very talented people. I wanted an industry where I could have above expectations, right? That was important to me financially. And I wanted to be part of an industry that would have an impact on society. Those were kind of my parameters. And when I kind of look back, I came out in the mid 80s. It's one where four industries popped up. One was kind of the legal profession. And if you think about since the mid 80s, that would have been a wonderful choice. Didn't have a lot of interest in going to law school. Another one was medical healthcare, right? If you think about how that industry has evolved, that would have been a great choice, right? To be part of that industry since the mid 80s. The financial sector, that was one that was natural, kind of my finance background. It was an area I was comfortable in. And then this industry kind of popped up with telecommunications, right? And I'm like, what is that? My roommate was a computer science major. I'm going to really date myself. He had a Tandy 64 that we played games on. And I had a basic class that I did some computing. And we sent across the school VAX system. And I walked across campus and picked it up and turned it into class. So that was my kind of view of telecommunications. So I kind of researched that out and got started and started with Sprint. Had a great 10 years with Sprint. And I've kind of evolved since then. I spent the first half of my career really on the operator side, service provider side. And then the back half is really on the wireless side. And that's really where I've been. So I stepped out of my previous role about three years ago when I'm 57 years old. And so I've got a lot more road behind me that's in front of me. And so I really began to kind of soul search on what I wanted to do and wanted to be in a part of the industry that was going to be explosive through my working careers 
as long as I wanted to work, I wanted to do something a little bit different than what I'd done on the wireless side. And I wanted to be part of an industry that was new to me that I could learn and grow. And so that's where kind of edge data centers popped out of that. So I was fortunate to get connected with Astra Capital. They are our, we're private equity backed and they're our owner. And I got involved with them in mid 19 and did a little investment thesis work. And we closed on our first platform company in right when COVID kicked off in March of 2020. And we've been going ever since. And I'm thrilled to be part of Dart Points. I'm thrilled on the journey we're on. And I'm excited about the data center space is I kind of refer to as the one of the three-legged stools of digital infrastructure, fiber, towers, and data centers. You couldn't go wrong in any of those three. They're all going to be explosive for years to come. And we're excited about what we're trying to create here at Dart Points. So it's been a great journey. It's been a fun journey. And I'm excited about what we've still got to accomplish and what we're trying to do here at Dark Points. Sounds like you're just getting started at 57. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I feel like that. Every day when I wake up, it has that feeling to it. Yeah, but we're wiser now, right? <laughs> That's right. We got a little more sense to what we're yeah. trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish, which is, which is Definitely. all good. So it makes it more fun. So tell me about Dart Points, the story behind it, where you are today, because I know you've had, just like you said, explosive growth. So I also want to hear what's behind that. Yeah. So listen, a lot of people that really don't come or don't understand the data center space just kind of look at us as a single industry. And it's not that. It's far more complex than it, right? It's very verticalized, right? You've got hyperscalers, right? You've got more enterprise-centric co-location, cloud managed service providers, which is really where we fall. So at a, at a simple level, that's what DartPoints is. We're an owner-operator of co-location, cloud in a little bit of managed services. And that's what our portfolio represents. And that's really what our target customer base is that we're going after. But where we're different, if edge gets thrown around and edge means a lot of things to a lot of people, you know this, you run into this every day. And I tend to use this analogy many times and it's comical because others do the same, right? You line up 10 people, you're going to get 12, 15 different definitions of edge. And so in many ways, that's exciting because there's an opportunity but in other ways, it can be a little bit confusing to the market when you kind of describe like dark points as to you say edge, what do you mean? So here's our version, right? Here's what we mean. We're not really trying to do something completely unique as it relates to edge, right? We're really trying to kind of drive down what I kind of refer to as a previously paved road. If you really think about our industry you can debate me maybe on time, but directionally, I'm right. You want to go back to the late 90s. That's where the seven internet hubs really started. And I kind of refer to that as the first ring of the digital highway. And that's Northern Virginia. That's Chicago. That's New York. It's Dallas. It's LA, San Francisco, or Northern Cal, and really Seattle. So fast forward seven, eight, nine years, whatever time, the next ring of the digital highway was built out. That's where cities like Denver and Las Vegas and Phoenix and Atlanta, kind of those larger tier twos, smaller tier ones were built out. So really from Darpoint's perspective, all we're looking to deploy is really that third ring of the digital infrastructure highway. And we're targeting smaller tier twos, larger tier threes, and in some cases, at least initially some larger tier fours. And all we're looking to do is enable the same quality of service the same capabilities, the same competitive pricing that customers in Chicago or Dallas or New York receive. We just want to deliver that in Greenville or Cincinnati or Columbus, Ohio or Charleston, South Carolina, which are the markets that we're targeting. So that's really our definition of edge. As workloads are being pushed further and further out and much closer to the end user, 
we want to enable the same capabilities that you can get in Dallas, right, in some of those smaller communities and deliver it in a very competitive way. So that's really how I try to simplify who Dart Points is and what our vision is and what our definition of edge is. Our definition of edge will evolve as workloads even push further beyond that over time. We will migrate and push closer and closer to the edge. But for the foreseeable future, that's how we think about the edge. That's how we're building, deploying and leveraging M&A from a growth perspective to realize the vision of what we're trying to do. So what are some trends that you're seeing in the data center space? And also maybe talk a little bit about sustainability concepts that you see out there on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, listen, so first and foremost, I think, again, a lot of the trends that we're seeing in particularly driven around the tailwinds of 5G and edge compute are really leaning into the vision or the definition of what I described as edge for dark points. So that's one. But clearly, we've got a lot of trends that are taking place in our industry. And one in particular that you hit on is sustainability. I mean, listen, it's well known that data center providers are significant users of power. And that is Sustainability has to be an important piece, whether you're a large hyperscaler and you're really drawing down a significant amount of power, or you're at the other end of the spectrum, where, which is where we play, where you're talking a megawatt or two megawatts, and it's not as intensified, but it's still coming upon us to think about sustainability. How do we look at, at technology and how do we look at delivering different solutions, right? And we've got a number of opportunities as a data center provider that we're looking at. One of the things that we rolled out earlier today or earlier in the year is we refer to as our wood edge solution that we've deployed in five data centers to date. I think we'll be at 11, within 11 data centers by the end of the year. And this is really, it's an alternative technology, right? It's more of an HPC driven, high performance compute type of use case, but it is two-phase liquid immersion, right? So it looks at alternative uses to power, right? Especially around HPC, where there's a lot of density, a lot of demand on cooling, a lot of power in a very small footprint, This is an alternative to that, where you can eliminate that power demand very much in an air-cooled environment and deliver the same capability in an alternative way. That is one example of how we're looking at sustainability to be innovated within our industry. Really, that it's an incumbent upon us to deliver what we believe are unique alternative solutions, but we want to do it in a way where we're also good corporate citizens of how we use technology to look for alternative um, uses around sustainability. Yeah, so lots of trends. That's an important one that's on the forefront of what we're doing. And we're excited to be one of the leaders and kind of on the emerging edge of how do we deliver more sustainable solutions, but yet still deliver the capabilities and the solutions that the market's demanding around uh, compute processing and storage at, at a local level. So Scott, over the past three years, I'm sure that your company culture at Dark Points has really evolved and sounds like it's still evolving right now. So talk a little bit about evolution and particularly as it relates to the M&A as well. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that I get excited about because culture is fun, creating culture. And throughout my career, I've been involved in very large corporations 
I've had some big roles there. And it's difficult to have an impact, right? Whereas in a smaller organization, you can have that impact and you can kind of create, and you know that, right? I mean, you develop a wonderful culture within your organization that I think many can look at and try to strive to repeat. So that's the fun part. That's where we are. Now, the challenging part is because M&A is such an important piece of our growth strategy, and it will continue to be an important piece of our growth strategy, at least for the foreseeable future, when you bring companies together and you bring different cultures together, it's a challenge, right? But it's also one that's fun because we can pick the best of breed in those companies and we can choose to implement how we want to evolve our culture over time. But I shared with you earlier, we started out with the initial platform of Dark Points in March of 2020. We acquired Metro Data Centers, MDC, in Columbus, Ohio in October of that same year. And then we closed on a Midian in summer of last year, right? So we've put together three. As I said, we've got a very active pipeline and I think M&A will continue. And so we've got three cultures of companies that we're dealing with. And so in many ways, it's challenging because the employees that have been legacy employees and have been with those companies for a long time, right? And there's certain things that they like. You've got to bring them along. You've got to develop them and you've got to bring them into the process. We work very hard at dark points in doing that, right? We want to engage the employees because ultimately it's going to be our culture of dark points that ultimately we're going to have. I think we're still very much on the evolution curve of our culture as it continues to develop because we've had so much M&A activity. It's also a very fun part of the process because like I said earlier, you get to pick the best of breeds and we spend a lot of time talking about this, right? As we really figure out who we want to be and what type of culture do we want to have, this is really creating the opportunity to do that. So it's fun to be part of that process and it's fun to bring people from the organization into that process. Because at the end of the day, it's not Scott's culture or it's not the leadership team's culture, right? It's our organization and who we want to be and what we want our culture to represent. So we're having a lot of fun in that process right now. I was just talking to someone this morning about this exact topic and you said it's fun, right? And I said the exact same thing. And again, Broadstaff's only six years old, but I remember in those first few years that it was a lot of fun. And everybody who joined us then, it was we were creating this together. And it was just so much excitement and energy around that, right? And so there's something very special to come into an organization at your place where Dark Points is right now and enter into the organization, join that team and build it together. And even though there's challenges, yes, there's challenges with the integration and here and there, but you said it multiple times. I mean, it is really fun and it's a good time to enter. So I'm curious about are you struggling with hiring right now? Are you facing any challenges or, or maybe you have specific strategies that are really working for you when it comes to hiring? And I know that Broadstaff, we work with Dark Points and we absolutely love working with you and the candidates that we have placed there absolutely love it there. But I'd love to get your tips as an experienced leader. Yeah, no, listen, we're no different than any other organization. We struggle to compete and we work very hard to retain our talent and keep people part of the process, right? We're all in an environment where we've been experiencing some of the turnover, but we put a lot of emphasis on the hiring process, right? You know it, right? You've worked with us and you've placed some candidates, which we couldn't be happier with. But a couple of things. One is just generally you're our size. Hiring is important, right? Because whether you're hiring frontline working level person or you're hiring a mid-level manager or you're hiring a senior level, they're visible in the organization, right? In our size, they have an impact. Two is when you're an organization that's our size, in many scenarios, you're single threaded with skill sets and competencies, 
right? So having the right person and having the right skill set is very, very crucial, right? And that's important. You have to really make sure that you bring in because if you make a mistake or you bring the wrong person in, it's impactful and it's impactful in a significant way versus some of my previous companies like an Ericsson or a Nokia, some of the bigger ones, right? What I'm saying doesn't diminish that hires aren't critical for those organizations as well. They're just amplified in a small organization like Darpoints. And so when we determine we have a need, it's important, right? And we try to collectively, the things that I think have worked well are we really work hard to leverage the organization, the relationships that people have in the organization, our networks, my networks, right? Who, Astra, our capital, their networks. You know this as well as anybody being in your business. If you know someone and you've got experience with someone and you know their capabilities, man, that goes a long ways in adding credibility in the hiring process. We really try to, we try to focus and leverage that. Sometimes that works and sometimes you can't get the right candidate. You talked about culture, right? That's important. It's finding someone who we really think is going to be a good fit. And it's tough because it's finding someone who will be a good fit in our culture today but also knowing where we want to take our culture and how we want to evolve our culture. Will this person be a good fit as we're looking to evolve? So that's an important part of, of what we do. And sometimes as managers, I talk about my leadership team all the time, right? I mean, sometimes it's easy to kind of hand that off or hand it over to you to kind of do the whole process. And what we try to try to engage with the team is to be very involved because at the end of the day, the organization, me, the leadership team, and the managers that are actually hiring, they own that process. They need to be involved in that decision-making process. So there's many important things that are on our plate on a daily basis, but getting the right team members as we bring them into DAR points is crucial. And it's one of the higher priorities. And you've got to invest time into that, right? You got to focus on it. And if you don't, you shouldn't be surprised that you, you don't get the end result you're looking for. That's how we approach hiring. And that's how we think about it. Well said, well said. And I love that you said you have the leaders have to be involved. And I know that it's important to all leaders, especially now more than ever, but leaders are very busy and they tend to sometimes just not give feedback or put it on the back burner or get too busy to respond or to look the resumes. And the way that talent is flying off the shelves right now, it's so important. And you're absolutely right. Your leadership is very, very involved and committed to the process. So question, talking about leadership. And, and Scott, I've known you for a number of years, and I know that you are a tremendous leader. So I'd like to know a little bit about who is Scott Willis as a leader and maybe some of your principles that guide you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I have a lot of fun at the role I I have. I enjoy what I do. My approach to leadership is it's not Scott, right? It's not me, right? It's really, it's a collaborative team environment that I try to create. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, do you have to sometimes have to make a decision, move forward? Of course you do. But I work very hard, right? At instilling all the way down the organization. I was in Carolinas last week and we were doing account reviews with the Southeast team. And whether I'm talking to that go-to-market team in that region and I'm trying to instill ownership and this is your region, you own it, you make the decision, you drive it. That's important to me. It's a collaborative approach. So that's one. Two is communication is hugely important to me. I work 
very hard at communicating down in the organization and I want communication to come up. I would be surprised and sometimes even to a fault on filtering down to my leaders, right? I mean, if we've got an issue or we've got a challenge, right? I want it to be out there, right? I want us to own it as a team. I want us to understand it. And if we're not aware of it, right, then there's a risk that it can impact our organization. So that's been a big piece of mine. The other piece is, if you kind of relate back to our culture, that's kind of big to me is being purpose-driven. That to me is one of the most important things that I think I can instill in an organization and that I want all of us to be, right? I want us to all wake up and have a purpose in what we're doing, right? I want us to know what that purpose is. I want us to all collectively buy into that. And to me, that's an important piece of leadership as you look at any individual. I mean, as your organization, whatever the purpose is, right? Whatever the purpose is, are you purpose-driven in everything that you do? And I like to feel like in Dark Points, we are. I mean, we're purpose-driven and we're passionate around delivering services to our customers, right? Our value proposition is not only geographical, right? The definition that I gave of edge, but it's also around customer service, right? It's We want to, at a local level, we want to wrap our arms around our customer and we want to deliver best-in-class solutions. That's purpose-driven. That is part of our culture and it's what we're trying to instill up and down the organization. You've known me. I like to have fun with the team. I like to have fun with our leadership team. I want us to grow. I want us to be successful. I want us to achieve our objectives when we set out for any given year. But I also want us to recognize that if I kind of use the word purpose, we're there with a balance too, right? I mean, people have personal lives, people have family, people have personal interests. And if you can bring all that together and achieve collectively as an organization, what you set out to do, I think any leader of that organization is going to be viewed as a successful leader. That's what I really try to work towards. So Scott, tell me about your vision for Dart Points. It's pretty simple. It's what I stated earlier. We want to deliver world-class class solutions, right, into markets in a price competitive way that delivers the same capability in Greenville, South Carolina, that you can get in New York or Chicago or LA, right? We want to be community agnostic in terms of what our services and our capabilities are. It's hard, right? We're in an industry that at the end of the day, it's driven investment capital and dollars are driven by where the large populations live, right? And that's why these major cities are the first ones to receive these technologies. But our vision for Dart Points is we want to deliver that same capability at a price competitive way into enterprises, K through 12, local government, state government, pick your vertical that we're going into. We want to deliver those capabilities into those communities where they live and where they invest that we're focused in deploying in. And we want to do it in a way that delivers and meets their expectations as if they were living in Dallas or Chicago or New York or LA. That's at a real clear level what our vision is and what we're trying to accomplish at our points. I know it's challenging, like you said, but one thing I love that you said was we really wrap our arms around our customer. And not only that, Scott, but you have a strong focus, no matter how challenging it is, you have a focus for people, right? People in these areas that are potentially underserved or businesses, enterprise in these areas that are underserved. And so you're climbing a mountain to make sure that they're taken care of as well with that purpose in mind. And I, I just love that. It's critical. It's like I said, beyond geography, it's our value proposition, right? I mean, if we're in a cloud environment and we're competing against a big public provider of Amazon and they can take off and take their services as Amazon, we want to wrap them locally around our services and try to keep them in our cloud at a local level. And so to me, that kind of refers back to the purpose, wrapping ourselves around our customers and taking care of their needs on a local level. That's really what drives us 
in what we try to accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis. And no matter the advancements of technology, that's what we really want as humans, right? We still want someone who's going to be there, who's going to care and who's going to respond. You know, we want that high touch connection. So Scott, this has been fantastic. Tell me about, are you hiring? First of all, I know you are. Where can we learn more about your open jobs, learn more about Darpoint? Yeah, definitely hiring. You know that you're helping us and working on a few key hires and that's going to continue, right? We're growing and expanding and we need the right people with the right skill sets and the right mindset that works within our culture to help us grow as we're going down this journey. And on information, yeah, listen, there's a number of ways to reach into Darpoints, but certainly darpoints.com. If you hit our website, all the information about Dart Points, how to access or get into Dart Points, any white papers, anything about our locations, our data centers, it's all there. So anything that you would initially need to start to understand who Dart Points is, and then you can contact us and we will quickly follow up and work with you. But that's a good starting point on anything about Dart Points is uh, dartpoints.com. Wonderful. Scott, thanks so much for joining me today on the show. I could talk to you forever. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for your friendship and thank you for all you're doing in the industry. No, I enjoy it. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. All righty. Take care. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.